0: Appendix 2 of Home Education Series, Volume 3, School Education. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jean Zaki. Home Education Series, Volume 3, School Education, by Charlotte Mason. Appendix 2. Examination Work Examples from Parents Review School. The Parents Review School, an output of the Parents Union, was in the first place designed to bring home schools taught by governesses up to the standard of other schools. A training college for governesses, with practicing school, etc., was established later. Children may not enter the school under six because we think the first six years of life are wanted for physical growth and the self-education which children carry on with little ordered aid. The Parents Review School is conducted by means of programs of work in five classes, sent out term by term to each of the home schools and to some other schools, and the same programs are used in the practicing school. Examination papers are set at the end of each term. The work is arranged on the principles which have been set forth in this volume, a wide curriculum, a considerable number of books for each child in the several classes, And, besides, a couple of hours work daily, not with books, but with things. Many of the pupils in the school have absorbed, in a way, the culture of their parents, but the children of uncultured parents take with equal readiness and comparable results to this sort of work, which is, I think, fitted not only for the clever, but for the average and even the dull child. Class 1A The child of six goes into Class 1A. He works for two and a half hours a day, but half an hour of this time is spent in drill and games. Including drill, he has 13 subjects of study, for which about 16 books are used. He recites hymns, poems, and Bible verses, works from Messrs Sonnenschein and Nesbitt's ABC Arithmetic, sings French and English songs, begins Mrs. Kerwin's child pianist, learns to write and to print, learns to read, learns French orally, does brush drawing, and various handicrafts. All these things are done with joy, but cannot be illustrated here. Bible lessons read from the Bible, tales, natural history, and geography are taught from appointed books, helped by the child's own observation. Our plan in each of these subjects is to read him the passage for the lesson, a good long passage, talk about it a little, avoiding much explanation, and then let him narrate what has been read. This he does very well and with pleasure and is often happy in catching the style as well as the words of the author. Certain pages, say 40 or 50, from each of the children's books are appointed for a term's reading. At the end of the term, an examination paper is sent out containing one or two questions on each book. Here are a few of the answers. The children in the first two classes narrate their answers, which someone writes from their dictation. Question. Tell the story of Naaman. Child A, age six and three quarters. Naaman had something the matter with him, and his master sent a letter to the king of Israel. And the king was very unhappy and did not know what to do because he thought that he wanted to come and fight against him, and he rent his clothes. And he said, I can't cure him. So he sent him to Elisha, and he told him to take a lot of presents and a lot of things with him. And when Naaman came to Elisha's door, Elisha sent Gehazi to tell him to dip himself seven times in the waters of Jordan, and he said to himself, I surely thought he would have come out, and I thought a lot of people would come out and make a fuss, and he went back in a rage. And his servant said to him, Why didn't you go? And he said, My rivers are much the best. So his servant said, If he had asked you to do some great thing, wouldst thou have done it? So he went and dipped himself seven times in the water, and when he came out he was quite all right again. And when he was coming home they saw Gehazi coming. So Naaman told them to stop the horses, and so they stopped. And Gehazi said, There are some people come to see me. Please give me some money and some cloaks. And they were very heavy, so Naaman sent some of his men to carry them. And when he came near the house, he said to his servants, You can go now. Elisha said, Because you have done this, you shall have the leprosy that Naaman had. Question. Tell a fairy story. Child B, age six and three quarters. When Ulysses was coming back from Troy, he passed the sirens. He could hear them, but he couldn't get to them because he was bound. He wanted to get to them so as he could listen to them a long time, because a lot of people had come and listened to them and they found it so beautiful that they wanted to stay there and they stayed till they died his companions couldn't hear them because they stopped up their ears with wax and cotton wool and this was the song they sang hither come hither and hearken a while odysseus far-famed king no sailor has ever passed this way but has paused to hear us sing our song is sweeter than honey and he that hears it knows what he never learnt from another and his joy before he goes. We know what the heroes bore at Troy and the ten long years of strife. We know what happened in all the world and the secret things of life. And then they rode on till at last the song faded away, and they rode on and on for a long time, and then when they could not hear them nor see them, the wax was taken out of their ears, and then they unbound Ulysses. Question What have you noticed, yourself, about a spider? Child C, age 7 and 3 quarters. We have found out the name of one spider, and often have seen spiders under the microscope. They were all very hairy. We have often noticed a lot of spiders running about the ground. Quantities. Last term we saw a spider's web up in the corner of the window with a spider sucking out the juice of a fly. And we have often touched a web to try and make the spider come out, and we never could, because she saw it wasn't a fly before she came out. I saw the claw of a spider under the microscope with its little teeth. We saw her spinnerets and her great eyes. There were the two big eyes in one row, four little ones in the next row, and two little ones in the next row. We have often found eggs of the spiders, we have some now that we have got in a little box and we want to hatch them out, so we have put them on the mantelpiece to force them. Once we saw a spider on a leaf and we tried to catch it, but we couldn't. He immediately let himself down to the ground with a thread. We saw the circulation in the leg of another spider under the microscope. It looked like a little line going up and down. Question. Gather three sorts of tree leaf buds and two sorts of catkin. And tell all you can about them. Child D, age 6. 1. The chestnut bud is brown and sticky. It is a sort of cotton woolly with the leaves inside. It splits open and sends out two leaves, and the leaves split open. 2. The oak twig has always a lot of buds on the top, and one bud always dies. Where the bud starts, there is a little bit of knot wood. The oak bud is very tiny. 3. The lime bud has a green side and a red side, and then it bursts open and several little leaves come out, and all the little things that shut up the leaves die away. 4. Golden catkins and silver pussy palms of a willow tree. The golden catkins have stamens with all the pollen on them. They grow upwards, and two never grow opposite to each other. The silver pussy palms have seed boxes with a little tube growing out and a little sticky knob on the top. The bees rub the pollen off their backs onto the sticky knob. Question. Tell about the Northwest Passage from the World at Home. Child E, aged 7. People in England are very fond of finding things out and they wanted to find out the Northwest Passage. If people wanted to go to the Pacific Ocean, They had to go round Africa, by the Cape of Good Hope, or else round South America by Cape Horn. This was a very long way. They thought they might find out a shorter way by going along the north coast by America, and they would come out in the Pacific Ocean. They would call this way the Northwest Passage. First one man and then another tried to find a way. They found a lot of straits and bays which they called after themselves. The enemy they met which made them turn back was the cold. It was in the frozen zone, and the sea was all ice, and the ice lumps were as big as mountains, and when they came against a ship they crashed it to pieces. Once a man named Captain Franklin tried over and over again to find the Northwest Passage, and once he went and never came back again, for he got stuck fast in the ice, and the ice did not break, and he had not much food with him, and what he had was soon eaten up, and he could not get any more for all the animals in that country had gone away, for it was winter, and he could not wait for the summer when they would return. A ship went out from England called the Fox to look for him, but all they found was a boat, a Bible, a watch, and a pair of slippers near each other. After looking a lot, they found the Northwest Passage, but because there is so much ice there, the ships can't use it. Class 1B In Class 1b, the children are usually between 7 and 8, but may be 9. They have 15 subjects, perhaps 23 books. The subjects which do not lend themselves to illustration are a continuation of the work in Class 1a. But by this time, the children can usually read, and read for themselves some, at any rate, of their books for history, geography, and tales. In Class 1b, the children narrate their lessons as in 1a, and also their answers to the examination questions. They appear to enjoy doing this. Indeed, the examinations which come at the end of each term are a pleasure. The only difficulty is that small children want to go on telling. Their words are taken down literally. One is struck by the correctness and copiousness of the language used. But young children delight in words, and often surprise their elders by their free and correct use of dictionary words. One notices the verve with which the children tell the tale, the orderly sequence of events, the correctness and fullness of detail, the accuracy of names. These things are natural to children until they are schooled out of them. Question. Tell all you know about St. Patrick. Old tales from British history. Child A, age seven. St. Patrick was the son of a Scotch farming clergyman, And one day some Irish pirates came and took Patrick with them to make him a slave, and they sold him to an Irish nobleman, and the Irish nobleman made him a shepherd to take care of his flocks, and shepherds have a lot of time to think when they are out guarding their flocks by night, and Patrick was very sorry that the poor Irish were heathens. One day he slipped off and got into a boat with some sailors, and after a great adventure, for their food ran short, they arrived safely in Scotland. And Patrick was still thinking about the Irish, so he went off in a boat of his own, with a few followers, to Ireland. A shepherd saw them coming and told his master the pirates were coming. So he armed his servants and went down to meet the pirates. But when he heard the errand they were on, he offered them to come into his house. Now Patrick settled in Ireland, but some heathen priests rose up against him, and a wise man said, What is the good of killing him? Other Irish people are now Christians, and they will teach too. So he saved his life. And Patrick gave him the book of Psalms written by his own hand. One day Patrick asked a rich man if he might have a little plot of land on the top of a hill. But the rich man refused him, but gave him a little plot of land at the bottom of the hill. And there Patrick built a church and a house for himself and servants to live in. Then the rich man got ill and was just about to die but got better, but as he thought Patrick was like a wizard who could foretell his fortune, he thought he'd better try to please him, so he sent him a brass cauldron, enough to hold one whole sheep, and Patrick said, I thank you, master. The rich man was angry, and sent for the cauldron back again, and Patrick said, I thank you, master. So the rich man was ashamed, and brought back the cauldron, and said he could have the little plot of land on the top of the hill so they went up to measure it. Then a roe deer dashed out of the thicket, but left her fawn behind her, and the men were going to kill the fawn, but Patrick took it up and carried it down the hill. The mother followed, for she saw he was doing no harm to it. On that place he built a fine church, which is still standing, and Patrick died on a journey and was buried at a place called Downpatrick after him. Question. Tell what you know about Alfred Tennyson. Mrs. Frewin' Lord's Tales from Westminster Abbey Child B, age seven and a half Alfred Tennyson was born in 1809, and he loved the country very much. One Sunday, when they were going out to chapel, except Lord Tennyson as he was very young, his brother Charles gave him his slate to write about birds and flowers, and when they came back he had filled his slate with his first poem. He and his brother used to make up stories that sometimes lasted a month, He was very short-sighted, and when he was looking at anything, it looked as if he were smelling it. He had good ears, for he could hear the shriek of a bat. Alfred Tennyson wrote The Revenge and the Siege of Lucknow, and Sir John Franklin's poem. Not here the white north hath thy bones, and thou, heroic sailor soul, art passing on thy happier voyage now toward no earthly pole. And he also wrote the May Queen and Cradle Song. Because his poetry was so good, the Queen gave him a name and knighted him. He says that if you tread on a daisy, it will turn up and get red. He was 83 years old when he died. The year he died in was 1892. He was buried in Westminster Abbey in Poet's Corner. Question. What is a hero? What heroes have you heard of? Tell about one. Child C, age seven. 1. A hero is a brave man. 2. Count Roland, Huon at Bordeaux, the Horatii and Curatii. 3. Once there was a brave emperor called Charlemagne, and he was fighting with the heathen king of Saragossa. Just a wee bit of land was left to the heathen king, so he sent a messenger to speak about peace. They pretended that they would have peace, so they went back to Charlemagne and asked him to leave Roland behind, to take charge of the mountain passes. So Charlemagne said that he would leave Roland behind because there was none so brave as him, so that when Charlemagne had turned his army they should come in great numbers to fight against Roland. And Roland stayed behind with twenty thousand men. And Oliver heard a great noise by the side of Spain, and then Oliver climbed on a pine tree and he saw the arms glimmering and the spears shining. And then he said to Roland that there were a full hundred thousand, and that they just had so few, and that it was much better to sound his horn and Charlemagne will turn his army. Roland said he would be mad if he did that. Oliver said again to sound his horn, and Roland said he would lose his fame in France if he did. Then Oliver said again, "'Friend Roland,' Sound thy horn, and Charles will hear it, and turn his army. Then all the mountain passes were full of the enemies, and when they came nearer they fought, and they fought, and they fought, and at last the Christians were falling too, and when there were only sixty left he blew his horn. Charlemagne heard it and said he must go, and Ganelon said he was just pretending, but then Charlemagne heard it fainter, and knew that it was true that he must go, and then fainter again, "'but Charlemagne was nearer and so heard it better. "'And Roland said, "'Ride as fast as you can, for many men have been killed, "'and there are few left.' "'Then Charlemagne bade his men sound their horns, "'so that they knew that help was near, "'and then the heathen fled away. "'There were just the two left, Roland and the archbishop, "'and Roland said to the archbishop "'that he would try to fetch the dead bodies of the braver soldiers. "'Then the archbishop said to Roland, "'Quick, before I die!' Then Roland went and brought them before the archbishop, and laid them down there. Then he went and searched the field again, and under a pine tree he found Oliver's body. Then he brought it too and laid it in front of the archbishop. Then Roland fainted to the ground. Then the archbishop tried to bring some water for Roland, and he fell down and died. Then Roland put the hands over the chest of the archbishop, and he prayed to God to give him a place in paradise. And then he said that the field was his. Before he died he put his sword and his ivory horn under him and laid himself down on the ground so that Charlemagne, when he came, would know that he was the conqueror and God-Saint St. Michael and another saint to fetch his soul up to heaven. Question. Gather three sorts of tree-leaf-bud and two sorts of catkin and tell all you can about them. Child E. A cottage child aged nine. It has rather a woody stalk and it is a very light gray browny stalk and it is very thin and the little branches that grow out are light brown and it is thicker where the buds are and it is a lighter brown up at the top than it is at the bottom. And the buds are a light reddy brown and very pointed and they are scaly. The bark is rather rough and there is a lot of little kind of brown spots on it. Lime twig. It is called ruby budded line because the buds are red, and they are fat rather, and they have got some green in as well, and they come rather to a point at the top. They grow alternately, and the little stalk that they grow out of is reddy green, and the top part of the stalk is green, and it is woody, and it is rough, and it is a reddy green at the bottom. Where the buds come out, it is swelled out. The bark has come off, and it has left it white and woody. At the top of one of the stalks, the bud has come off. Sycamore twig. Well, the back is very woody, and it is a brown stalk, and it is rough, and there is a little weeny bud growing out of the side. And the buds grow out two and two, and there are a lot of little buds. Willow. Well, the stalk is a dark brown, and it is very smooth, and it will bend very easily. And the buds, when they first come on the stalk, are little brown ones. And then a silvery green comes out and there is a scale at the bottom. And then they get grayer and bigger with little green leaves at the bottom. And then it comes yellow. And there is a lot of pollen on it. If you touch it, the pollen comes on your finger. Hazel. While the stalk is a dark brown, something the color of the willow, and it bends easily. And the buds are green, and there is little scales. And then the catkins come, and they grow very long. And there is a lot of little flowers in one. And there is pollen in that. And the stalk is rather rough. And there are some big buds at the top just bursting. And the leaves are coming out. And the buds are very soft and glossy. And the scales are at the bottom. Question. What have you noticed about a thrush? Tell all you know about it. Child F. Aged eight Thrushes are brownie birds. They eat snails, and they take the snail in their mouths and knock it against a stone to break the shell and eat the snail. I found a stone with a lot of bits of shell around it, so knew that a thrush had been there. Where we used to live a thrush used to sing every morning on the same tree. The song of the thrush is like a nightingale. We often see a lot of thrushes on the lawn before breakfast or after a shower. They have yellow beaks and their breasts are specked with lovely yellow and brown. Once we found a thrush asleep on a sponge in a bedroom, and we carried it out and put it on a tree. Thrushes eat worms as well as snails, and on the lawn they listen with their heads on one side and go along as the worm gets under the ground. And presently, perhaps, the worm comes up and they gobble it up, or they put their beaks in and get it. Thrushes build their nests with sticks at the bottom and line them with little bits of wool they pick up, or feathers, and they like to get down very much. End of Appendix 2, Class 1A and 1B